The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? Hope you're looking after yourselves, staying well and enjoying the sunshine. Today's episode has been a pretty quick turnaround. Yesterday I was really lucky to be able to chat with the two driving forces behind Scotland's new film festival. The Scotland International Festival of Cinema, which has been held in Peebles, has been driven and created and come to fruition due to the incredible hard work of Vivian Reid and Vary Calvi, um, along with everybody else who is part of the team. But these two incredible women have worked tirelessly to make this festival come to fruition. Today we chat about that, being a woman and creating a festival, we talk about what it's like to be a female in our industry and the barriers that we still are having to face. Um, We also have a conversation about knowing your truth, following that and sticking with it. We also discuss the fact that we wear so many different hats in this industry. Vivian is also a writer um, and actor and Vary is an actor and producer. Um, We discuss, as I've said already, the issues that um, we're still having to deal with and just a little trigger warning on that, um, around about 40 minutes and there is a note in the show notes. A really brilliant episode, great conversation with two incredible, incredible women. Um, I should say that Vary is the festival director and that Vivian is the producer and UK chairperson. You can follow us on all social media, social, all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. Send us a wee email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow Louise and I on social media as well. Louise is Ms. Louise Oliver at, I did it again, at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. For today's episode, I think it should be a celebration. So have a drink of whatever that is that makes you feel like you're celebrating something. So whether that be champagne or a sparkling elderflower or I don't know if I'm even allowed to mention branded drinks, so I better avoid that. Um, Coffee, hot chocolate. But you know, you can always just have... A good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Um. Anyway, Vivian Reed and Vary Calvi, welcome to the Persistent and Nasty Podcast. We are thank so, you for having us. Thank you so oh, much. So happy that you are both here. Now, before we get to the kind of main subject, which is your incredible film festival that you have both created and put together over the last two years, 
Um, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear a little bit about both of you and your pathway in the industry and how you've kind of ended up here. So who wants to start? I can start. <laughs> Vivian's looking at me, so that means I should start. <laughs> That's it, Barry, it's you. It's over to you. <laughs> um, I actually had a fairly early start and then I left the industry for a while, but I started when I was five years old and I played the young Murren in Braveheart which was a pretty huge beginning to a career. Um, And then I was actually advised by industry professionals not to do the whole child star route. So it wasn't until 2016 when I actually officially rejoined the business. But I went to drama school for three years at the Guildford School of Acting and trained. And I've been steadily working in independent film since then, which has been really inspiring for me because I've just met so many incredibly talented people throughout that. And I um, recently finished playing the lead role in a Victorian feature film called Fear the Invisible Man, which will hopefully be coming out soon. It's still in post-production. It's been like a year in (laughs) post-production, but um, I'm really excited for that one to come out. And I've started- Did you film that during COVID? We filmed it just after COVID. So we we first got greenlit and then COVID hit and it delayed everything. And we thought, oh my God, we're going to lose the film. Because my my partner, Paul Dudbridge, is the director on the movie. So it's a really personal film that we wanted to get made. And then luckily, just as all the restrictions and the lockdowns lifted, we got greenlit again and we could film. But it was it was a really strange shoot because we had so many COVID protocols. Um, but it was a great project and I'm excited for it to come out. But we have a lot of effects, so it's it's been a year in post-production. Yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted your flow. Continue. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, I also have started producing films as well, which um, I'm just about to produce a Western movie. So uh, hopefully that'll be my next project. Amazing. Very Amazing. busy. <laughs> Very busy. Do you know what I love? I mean... Vivian just obviously come to you in a second but just that thing of and I notice it maybe more so with women in our industry the amount of different hats that we wear Mm -hmm. yes yeah and sometimes encouraged not to you know or maybe you should just so you're an actor but you're also right but maybe so why don't you just focus on acting it's like well no that's not really how it works and it shouldn't work like that you should be able to spin lots of different hats and have you know, all these other opportunities to write or direct or act or whatever you want to do. Mm. I think you, the more you do, the, the more you learn. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, Can I agree more? Also, I think it's really important to be able to give yourself work, especially as actors. Yeah. So many actors I know, they're waiting for the phone to ring and they're waiting for their agents to say, hey, we've got you all these auditions. But the industry is so swamped in people wanting to be famous mm-hmm. that it's really important for the people who genuinely want to just be actors to actually create your own productions. I really want to come back to that point about people want to be famous. Um, but <laughs> Vivian, let's, because so many things about that, right? Um, but yeah, Vivian, let's have your potted history. Well, I've never ever wanted to do anything else apart from act from a very young age, but I was quite shy. So I would be more like in the corner somewhere observing people rather than wanting to jump up and do a song or a dance. So I spent quite a lot of my childhood observing humans. And then when I got a little bit older, I started to take part in school plays and just loved it. I loved being on the stage. I loved 
disappearing into characters and becoming someone else. And then my mum and dad started to sort of think, oh, she she actually is taking this quite seriously. So at the age of 14, I got into the National Youth Theatre of Great Britain and went all the way down to London and then loved it there. And then I think everybody sort of thought, okay, so she's done that. So maybe this is something that she actually is going to do. So then I did a year at Telford College. I did an HNC there, which was incredible. I had the best teachers at Telford. And then um, I started to audition for drama schools. Lots of rejection. But then I got into the drama centre and I spent three years at the drama centre. And for me, it was the best training I could have ever asked for. It was just the right place for me to go. And then I came out of the drama centre without an agent. And I thought, oh, my God, that's my career over. And then Philip Prowse and Giles Havergal decided to give me four years work at the SITS, uh, the Citizens Theatre in Glasgow. So I kind of sort of landed on my feet a bit there. And it was the most incredible experience. I felt like after Drama Centre going to the SITS, it was it was almost like coming home, being at the Citizens Theatre. Yeah. I felt like I belonged in that building. Such a beautiful place to work. And yeah. I learned so much. So... And, and then both I, of I, them as well, sorry to interrupt oh, you, but no, it's no, just no. like the, the people who know the Scottish theatre scene, yeah. like Philip and Giles is just like, they're absolute, I mean, they kept a theatre in the black for 30 years, like it was never once in the red. Under I mean, they were incredible tenure. then, um, Robert David MacDonald was still alive, and um, Kenny Miller actually was the um, first director I worked with and I did Blasted by Sarah Kane that was my first professional piece of theatre I saw it <laughs> did you I saw no. it in the circle <laughs> studio oh that was me that was me without an agent nobody signed me <laughs> but it was you know what that play was just elect it was just electric we had it was with Stuart Bowman and then we had the best, best time. And I think Kenny had the most incredible set because the actual ceiling actually came down. And a lot of the audience members had to leave because they couldn't cope. Yeah. They were petrified oh by this God. play. It was really full wow. on play. It, but one of the best experiences of my professional career, to be honest. I loved it. It was brilliant. Thank you. And like, abs- <laughs> I didn't even realise that was you. That was, me. that was my first professional acting job out of drama school. So I was training and we went to see it so wow. like that was and one oh, of my classmates came with me and when Stuart Bowman's penis appears oh yes um, yeah I got she, to know that very well <laughs> <laughs> sorry Stuart really, I, I obviously I also I think I was that kind of absolute point where um, everybody at training at that point was like obsessed with 448 psychosis like and, as well yeah and yeah. Sarah Kane had not long um, died and I used so I had kind of read loads of her stuff so I knew what was coming with Blasted but Katie hadn't got a clue and the penis appeared and she just went oh it's a penis <laughs> and it, I, yeah I kind of went through the mill in that production I broke in rehearsal I broke my toe um during one of the fight sequences between me and Stuart and then course lots of things happened to me during that production that I maybe shouldn't mention but if you've seen the play you'll know that all of the characters are really put through the ringer shall we say writing I mean to me she's the most incredible playwright yeah all her work is stunning and it's just a shame that we lost her when we did yeah and she wasn't taken seriously you know she had such a fight and then, of course, you know, she's no longer here. And then people start to fall in love with her plays. So, yeah. So four years at the sets, 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was the best four years. And then, to be honest, um, it, it got really difficult. When I, when I was doing my kind of last year at the sets, I'd had a, a comment from a casting director down in London, I will name no names, who had said, oh, you're, you're never really going to get leads um, on TV unless you get a brace fitted and get your teeth sorted out. So I hummed and hawed for a good six months about whether I wanted to go ahead and have train tracks put on. And I decided, you know what, I really I do want to play Leeds. So, yeah, I'm going to get so I had train tracks fitted and the, and the citizens employed me. But then after that, when Giles and um, Philip and Kenny all left and it was taken over, I never, ever got invited back. And I'm not saying it was because of the braces. <laughs> But maybe it was. But yeah, it's just it's comments like that. There's it's so hard because having braces fitted on, I had braces for five years. Mm. Um, and it actually did affect it definitely affected my career because at that time stuff like that wasn't cool. Like if I had braces now, it wouldn't stop me getting work. No. But back then it really did stop me getting work. So it's not been easy. It's been a bit up and down. And I think having had four years at the sets, I kind of thought oh, that's me. I'm a working actor. This is it. And then, oh gosh, it was, it's hellish. I mean, I've had some really low points, Mm. really low points, especially living in London and was working three different jobs. I was temping during the day and then I was doing all like wigs and makeup on Billy Elliot at nights. And, and you just work yourself into the ground. And then you're like, well, I've got no, and then maybe if a casting does come along, you've got no energy, Mm. you've got nothing to Mm. give. So yeah. It's a tricky old business, so it is. It really is. And that balance of trying to find, like, the energy to do it. You know, if you don't, if you aren't lucky enough to come from a really rich family who can, (laughs) who can support you and, you know, like, you've got, you've got to pay your bills. You have to live. So you have to do all those other jobs. So there's such a lack of understanding about that as well. Like living in London is slowly, slowly, slowly beginning to change. I mean, I think so too, slightly. Oh, but there is something happening. I think actors are starting to speak up for themselves and saying, you know, what I have to. I mean, we've been speaking about all the part time jobs we've done where I've worked as a builder's laborer and I work now as a gardener in between filming. And Mm -hmm. people don't realize that. They sort of see your social media career. You know, they see your career on that and the updates or your CV and they don't realise actually how hard you're working in the background to just keep yourself afloat while you're auditioning and even filming. Yeah. Plus in this industry, you really are kind of, you're looking for that casting director that's going to give you that chance. Mm -hmm. You're you're looking to other people to, oh, we'll give her a chance. Mm -hmm. Let's just give her the job. And then if that doesn't happen and you don't get that break that you really need, that's when you have to, well, you either get really, really down Mm -hmm. or you give up or you start to create your own work. And that's, we've both, Valley and I have both done that. We've both made our short films. (laughs) Yeah, we both did a short film each that we made ourselves. So we're definitely not giving up (laughs) to all the casting directors out there. (laughs) Give us a job. We're still going. (laughs) It's so true though. There's that thing, is it like, that's it. Like you're kind of like, saying oh we're not giving up we're not giving up because we're doing something else right now in the fact that you're making your own film I mean I if I was a casting director I would see that as someone who's totally committed not someone who's decided I'm not going to be an actor anymore yeah Mm -hmm. so 
it's about how things are perceived I think and there's this idea of success as well isn't it in our industry like if you haven't had the big tv show or that movie or you know the national the job at the national and then an international tour are you a successful performer well yeah because it comes in so many different ways right well, mm-hmm. it's funny because I was, before doing Invisible Man, I'd auditioned for a t- TV show and it was a show I really, really wanted to be in. Um, and I didn't get the show, but I got to do Fear the Invisible Man and it would have shot at the same time. And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't have given up that doing that movie for anything. Like it was an independent film, but that role was my role. I wanted that role. I was going to play that role. So, you know, and if I'd done the TV show, yes, my CV right now would look better, but that that role was my role. And I think as an actor, I, I mean, personally for me, I care more about the parts mm-hmm. I'm going to play than the status of the credits on my CV. But, it, it, you know, it's always nice if you can have a mixture of both worlds. Yeah. I think that there's just such a desire deep down in your soul to do this. Mm-hmm. So get like, get for, I know it's the same for Vary, but, you know, giving up is not an option. No. It's just not an option. It's just something that's never going to happen. Mm. Um, so it's something that's deep rooted. It's this mm. desire to to do it, this want to do it. Mm. This like sheer love of the arts and being mm. on the stage or being in front of a camera or hear, if you've written something to hear your words read mm. by other actors. It's such a thrill. Mm-hmm. There's such a it's such a fascination. You know, the, the human beings are fascinating. And so if, if you get to work as an actor and you get to become different characters, you're studying the, 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 the human form, which is the psychological journey, the physical journey. You can't, I don't get bored of that. I could watch people all day, every day. I love them. I'm so oh, fascinated by it. people. There's nothing better than sitting in a yeah. cafe and just watching people walk mm. past and, and people trying to watch out their life stories. Creating a whole like scenario of what's going on and what's brought them to the coffee shop that day. And like, yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting that you say that about talk about that desire and how deep it goes. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I constantly am in a, a state of flux of because you know you get to a certain point in life and you reach a certain age and you kind of had a plan yeah and it's the one thing I would say to anybody who starts this business is like don't have any plan because it will never it will never go the way you think it's going to go and then I'm like what the fuck am I doing with my life what I, I that's it I'm done I'm done I'm done I'm quitting that's it and I literally say it and then I go no I'm not I'm not quitting I can't or it's like a fleeting thought and it's like no I can't because I can't you can't quit who you are no I mean I think that it's really important that that's actually discussed I think actors are Again, there's this thing of, I do think after the last two years that we've had, actors are beginning to voice a little bit more about mental health and the fact that normally we all just put masks on and we're fine constantly. Mm -hmm. How are you? Fine. Um, And you always kind of have to try and big yourself up. And actually, a lot of the time you're not fine. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time you're depressed. A lot of the time you're worried. A lot of the time your family are worried about you. Um, the work isn't coming there's no money in the bank account Mm. but you have this desire this passion this need this want to to do what you believe you were born to do so there's no option of giving up but that that you I think it's important that people know that you might look really successful on your social media but you're sitting in your bedroom crying your eyes out because you've literally got no money in your bank Mm. account and you don't know when you're ever going to work again Mm. there's no stability 
unless you're very lucky and you get that break and then people just want to work with you again and again and again there is no stability and it's petrifying at times I think it's important though that actors are starting to talk and also they're starting to talk about the comments they receive in the industry from other industry professionals and I think that's really helped me because I've gone oh it's not just me because there were times where I thought the industry just hates me like everybody in it hates me because I'm you know I've had my name criticized I've got a very um, unusual Scottish name but when I was in drama school a casting director came in and the first thing they said to me is (laughs) Vary no one's going to employ you with a name like that and it just killed me because I'd already gone through so much bullying in my life because mm. of my name. And in Scotland, it's a very popular name, but outside of Scotland, it just isn't. Um, and I think it's important that actors are starting to share those stories with each yeah. other because it makes you go, okay, actually, everybody's getting these hits. So I just have to keep going and I just have to keep getting back up. And it just, I mean, we've shared our sort of war stories with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually it just helps you realise that it's not just you and you're not isolated in that situation and that every actor goes through it and other industry professionals go through it as well. Mm-hmm. So true. And it's so, it's so incredibly important. And I think even just saying that out loud and saying, oh, I, I'm quitting or I'm giving up. And it's such a, they're really toxic phrases actually. And they're just not helpful because I was talking to Valerie Edmond a few weeks ago and she said this really great thing about you are an artist, even if you aren't doing the thing, that is still who you are. So if your path has taken you down a different route, that doesn't mean that you're no longer an an actor or a painter or it's just that you're doing something else to go alongside that because it's who who you are in your soul. So I think... It's about us reframing, right? Reframing the language that we use. And finding a flexibility in your life. You know, like you said, you know, if you've got this kind of path worked out in your head and it's good to have goals, you know, it's good to have these goals that you want to achieve. But I think you do need to be able to be flexible, to be able to bounce off, you know, one another and and change direction if you have to and kind of just try and stay open, try Mm -hmm. and stay open to opportunity, try and, you know, not saying that you have to say yes to everything because that would be ridiculous, but try and see the the positive and try and see the opportunity that might be in front of you. And you never know who you're going to meet. And I, th- I have to say, it is all about who you know. It is. <laughs> like, not just in acting, in any profession. Mm-hmm. If you know the right people, it's half the battle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more, you, more people you meet and the more people, the more people you tell what you want, I think the more chance you have of getting it. Because people who are higher up, they want to help. Yeah. And anytime we've like come across network with people who are really successful in the industry, whether they're directors, producers, other actors, they immediately want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important. And it's it's led to us wanting to help other people yeah. as well. Um, and so I think it's just, I don't know, it feels like that sort of, brings the collaborative part of the business and the positive side of the business where actually there is people who want to help it's not just all put downs and rejections but actually it's just it's just knocking on enough doors that you just start getting the yeses and you've got to learn to ask for help that took Mm -hmm. me a long time to actually ask I I was always like I've got to do this by myself I've got to do it all by myself and actually when you actually start saying to people oh, well, you know, actually, I'd quite like to do this. And they, well, oh, I can help you with that. And you're like, oh, oh really? And it's wonderful. And that's where you find the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Because yes. so, like, for, for us, when COVID hit, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that was hard. It was hard for the whole industry, but we just got really busy. Yeah. Um, getting this film festival yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you both meet? you were just busy mm-hmm. you were just busy. yeah how did you both meet well this is well, a story yeah how where did we start <laughs> well I'll start a little bit so just yeah. to to get you in the loop Vary met Stephen Savage a few years ago in London and Stephen Savage is the director of the Idlewild Film Festival in California just outside of Los Angeles and Vary had met up for a coffee in London with him and Trinity Houston, who also runs Idlewild. And he loves Scotland. He's just got this real desire and passion for Scotland. Um, and he, Vary had said, oh, you know, I'd, I, I love the fact that you run this film festival in California. And I, I would like to run a film festival. And he said, well, I'd like to run a film festival in Scotland. So that was kind of where the seed was planted. Mm-hmm. And then jump a couple of years down the line to March 2020, I went over to Idlewild with my short film, The Box, which I shot in Peebles, and met Stephen Savage. And he said, do you know the Scottish actress Vary Calvey? And I said, well, I know her name, but I've never met her. And he said, well, we want to start a film festival in Scotland, but we don't want it to be in a city. We want it to be in a place like Idlewild. And I literally just beamed. I just smiled at him and I said, well, I live in the Scottish equivalent to Idlewild. It's called Peebles and you must, it must be Peebles. And that literally is how it all started. And in a way, COVID was maybe good for us because we were all trapped at home. And we and that is literally when we all started to cement it. Mm-hmm. And, and really make the decision that this was going to happen. And me and Vivian, we spent two years talking on Zoom. Yeah. And then and it wasn't and until WhatsApp. this year and WhatsApp. We send each other these long WhatsApp messages going, right, I've sorted this for the festival and we need to do this for the festival. And then it wasn't until January this year that I had to come to Peebles so we could get everything set up and, and meet the community um, that we actually met for the first time at yeah. Edinburgh Airport in person yeah. after two years of setting up something together online we'd suddenly met in person so that yeah. was actually the first time and yeah we're we're pretty joined in the <laughs> we are it's, it's amazing we have the most wonderful relationship mm. and pretty much with everything we're on the same page and we just yeah. look after each other and we support each other and we mm-hmm. champion each other and we want mm-hmm. to help each other we've even auditioned for the same roles yeah we did <laughs> and we were like You've got this, darling. You've got this. <laughs> Sending yeah. each other these messages. No, no jealousy at no all. Jealousy, no. So just, just no. feel like we're almost like maybe your sisters in a past yeah. life or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I think there's something really beautiful about that. There's a definite, I think there's a definite shift in performers actually being more supportive with each other. And I think it is because we, ha- as you say, Barry, we are talking more about um, the things that we're going through and Vivian you've mentioned about mental health and because we are maybe being more open we're like actually we don't need to be against each other what we need to do is support each other because the industry can do all the negative stuff to us but if we are with each other then it's just maybe a bit of a what's the word cushion that's what I'm looking for yeah and I've had you know I've spoken to a lot of very young actors and I'm talking about actors in their early 20s and they're still super competitive and they're like oh that's my contact that person's stealing my contacts and it's you know you can't steal people um and I think you get to a certain age where like my contact books open anyone I know gets to know everybody else I know and I love introducing people and connecting people. Snap. And our projects have happened. And 
I just, I don't know, I get such a joy from that um, because I just know all these very like-minded people and there's nothing better than seeing them do stuff together. Yeah, and I think COVID has actually done quite, I mean, for you both, obviously, like it's given you that chance to really probably hone in on certain things and work like on a... um without any distraction of possibly other jobs or whatever you know you just had to focus there but it's also I think it's made people more aware of things that are going on internationally and how we can all work and collaborate together but also maybe people who are from the same country and didn't know certain people. Vivian I obviously saw you in in the end series Oh, yes. Gosh, yes. I, yes. Now, I wrote those two little pieces. I love doing that. Yeah. Oh, that brilliant. But again, that was just such a tonic at the time because it was a way to be, it was just a way to be creative. And uh, it was such a brilliant idea of Claire's. Wow, just, yeah. yeah. Just to get a bunch of women filmmakers, theatre makers, writers, performers, and just make something mm-hmm. and like at this pass it on and then ask yeah. other people to suggest. Yeah, it was Kirsty Strain that passed it on to me. So thank you, Kirsty. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. Really yeah. loved that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's just, it was one of those things. It feels that so I... long ago now, though. That's why I had that moment where I kind of paused. It's like the end series. It seems like so long ago we I did know. that. <laughs> I know. Um, it's one of those things. Like I know Kirsty. We were at college together, and then um, before she went to New York, and so I've known Kirsty and SYT as well. Scottish Youth Theatre. Um, <laughs> forget sometimes that I shouldn't use abbreviations. Um, and it was just that lovely thing of seeing different people. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And she was like, you should just do it. I was like, okay, cool. And then I got Misha involved. And then Louise was involved. And in it. It just it was just so lovely and that process and supporting each other. Um, my next kind of question for both of you is putting the festival together. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> The faces, I wish everybody could see it. Um, oh, I'm glad they can. <laughs> I'm glad they can't. I'm exhausted. I'm glad they can't see our faces. Yeah, the process of that, actually creating and, I mean, there wasn't anything beforehand. You have created this. This is yours. We were very, very blessed with the fact that Stephen Savage and Trinity Houston have been running Idol Wild for 13 years. They're now into the 14th year. So in a way, they came to us with such a knowledge of how to run a film festival. I mean, we couldn't do it without them. They, no they jump-started the whole thing. They did. I mean, we're at, we've started at a much bigger level because of them. And they just know things that we just can't, we just can't simply do yet because no. we have no knowledge of it and we've never done it before. So we're learning so much. And, you know, Stephen, um, he's a great guy and he's so good at the Q&As. We've been learning so much from him. But Trinity Euston, who's a powerhouse woman. Yeah, she's incredible. I tell you, that woman can do anything, anything in the world. And she works so hard. I don't think she ever sleeps. I don't think she literally We get messages at six in the morning and she's been up all night. And (laughs) And, and actually, that was the funniest thing. So so Barry and I would normally start working on the festival about sort of seven, eight in the morning. And then we kind of start to slow down about seven, eight at night. But then the Americans would wake up. (laughs) And so it was just, I'm not going to lie, it has been really exhausting. Yeah. And it's been, it's It's been been sheer hard work. And it's been emotional as oh, yeah. well. I think we've we shed be a few tears. We, we have. We've <laughs> shed a few tears. We have. Yeah. It's just been quite overwhelming at, at times. Yeah. But I think that we, you know, 
yeah, well, it's, it's we're on day three, so it's mm-hmm. actually happening. I know. The film yeah. festival's actually real. I and know, it's taken real. us a while this week to kind I of know. go, oh, it's actually here now. We're yeah. doing it now. And we were just, you know, in, a, in an industry that's so riddled with no's and rejections, when we started to reach out to our grand jury members and every single person said yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just... Oh, such a special, special moment, wasn't it? And they're they're well-known people. They are well-known industry professionals. And the fact that they just happily came on board and they've been really supportive. I mean, we were getting messages um, before this week started, so many messages from them going, oh, all the best with the week ahead. We're so impressed that you've done this, you know, and it's just nice. Mm -hmm. And these are people's, you know, we really admire these people's careers. And also for the, you know, for people that are maybe just starting out in their careers or they've maybe got their first short film screening at the festival, Mm -hmm. to have the support from people like Carol Morley or Shauna MacDonald or Anne Archer. There's so many, we've got eight eight members, but like all these people and and knowing that their films will be seen by these people Mm. and seen by all of the people involved in setting up the film festival. It's, we just want to help filmmakers Mm -hmm. and to get your film screened up on the big screen. There's no other feeling like it. Mm -hmm. Such a special feeling to see your film on a big cinema screen. I love the cinema. <laughs> I love it. Me too. I could live in a cinema quite happily. Yeah. Me and my cat. He's <laughs> going to live in the cinema somewhere. <laughs> I love how, um, you know, the sheer, what's the word I'm looking for? The sheer enthusiasm that you have for this, clear love that you have for what you've created as well. Also for the art form of filmmaking as well. Um, but the support that you, just what you've said there, Vivian, about, wanting to give people that opportunity there is no and this is the this is the thing there is no ego at all um and it's really beautiful to see actually because what you're doing is creating something special and really important and needed mm-hmm. but it's not about your ego oh god no no not at all in <laughs> fact we're we're quite like Oh my God, don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want to Again, I think, showcase I think ourselves. In a, in a world of social media, mm-hmm. you know, everybody just sees these like the good bits. Yes. But, you know, Barry and I like to be in our pajamas. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've cried. We've been in tears. We've been exhausted. Yeah. We've been, it's really, it's been overwhelming. And I don't think people realize how hard it's actually been for us yeah. to do this. I mean, there have been real times where I think all of us, Trinity, Stephen, Leslie, who is um, an amazing producer, who's also on board the festival, who's, who's on her way to incredible things. She's just um, executive produced and co-written All Quiet on the Western Front, which is one of Netflix's Netflix's biggest productions that has ever been done Mm -hmm. and it's coming out in December but we've all had moments where we've just been broken trying (laughs) to get this thing going you know and it's it's hard it's a lot harder than what people think but that's what makes it worth it actually the struggle you know if you just get stuff handed to you on the plate you don't appreciate it do you it's just it's just different (laughs) I think when you've gone through the muck and you've had to drag yourself through the darkness into the light so Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. there's a bit of a a moment where you think wow we've we have created something Mm -hmm. 
Like it's, you know, it's actually got its own life now. Yeah. I mean, the Eastgate Theatre is just full of filmmakers from all over the world. Canada, the amount of America. People, <laughs> the amount of people that have, there's literally yeah. a guy from Canada, he flew from Canada to Glasgow, then got on the train from Glasgow to Edinburgh, and then got on the number 62 bus to Peebles. <laughs> and then I, he looked like, he looked at me and he said, I'm so tired, I think I might cry. So I took him up to his Airbnb where he was staying because he didn't really have a clue where he was or who mm. he was anymore. But um, there's just, there's lots of positive things. I think one of the most exciting things for us is tomorrow we've got a women in film seminar that we're hosting. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so excited about that. We are. We're just, we've got so many people, so many different women who are all different levels of the industry, mm-hmm. uh, doing all different types of jobs within the industry. And it's just going to be a great chance to sit down and hear about their experiences, what they've learned. To learn from them. Yeah, yeah, to learn from them and see what challenges they've had to overcome as, as women, but also so as filmmakers as in a general sense you know so it's it's and what I really like about this festival which is something we're really pushing is getting new faces a yeah. chance so the panel tomorrow we want to find out you know how do you get your film funded because no one ever asks that question and yeah. no one ever answers it properly nobody wants to talk about money no one wants yeah. to talk about it and do you know what we are going to be talking we about are. it love it because all these new filmmakers I wish you could come. need to I wish know. You could come down come to Peebles it's sunny in Peebles the it's... sun is shining I know I have noticed the sun I'm getting a little bit of sun on my face just now I know I would lo- um, I'd love to come down Oh, I wish I could magic you. We needed like know, to magic you to people's just for like the day and then magic you back again. Yeah, it would be great. But, um, I mean, yeah. I think like that encourage everyone to come to people's, especially because the sun's out. The sun's <laughs> out. People's be- people's is beautiful, and I I've been to people's many a time. I have, it's a very special place. My heart, my grandparents used to take me, so I'm very like oh, how lovely. Yeah, lovely. It's, a, it's a it's a one of those ones that you go and you're like oh. Um, you were talking about obviously you've got your women in film tomorrow and I kind of this question I said to you I think before we started about the kind of obstacles if any that you've found in setting up this but also in your own careers and creating your own films and being a female Mm -hmm. I think sometimes well okay uh, (laughs) we've got so many stories I know well I think what sometimes the biggest obstacle can be just that exhaustion of not having had that kind of big break on the TV or something, not having had that like recognition. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of a nobody, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> and then, so there is the lack of money as well. Mm-hmm. And then you're working. I mean, we haven't been paid to do any of this I'm not sure whether I should say that but I'm going no, to say, no, it. say it so the amount of hours that both Barry and I have worked over the last two years just on the film festival mm-hmm. I mean people I have spoken to people who are not in the industry and they actually think I'm insane like mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. they don't understand it you like you're working you're doing all of that for free mm-hmm. they don't get it so it's it's yeah, I, don't I mean know. the reality of it if I'm, I hope no, you don't you mind go. me speaking really openly Please feel free <laughs> <laughs> but you know there are times where we have both been at our part-time jobs and we've had to send messages and oh. emails and you know I, as I said I I do part-time gardening and I'm literally hiding in a bush sending a message to Vivian in the, going, rain. In the rain in covered in mud <laughs> feeling exhausted going 
oh, we need to send that email. So I'll do that tonight at eight o'clock when I get back in tonight. And we've got that meeting tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So we can do that before we both go to work on our part-time jobs to earn our money. And it is that's the reality of it. And in between that, we get an amazing audition, which we're really grateful oh. for. But, you know, that's energy. We need to look good. We need to be prepared. Yeah. And it's it's that juggle and it's that constant juggle. And it is challenging. And that's sort of... Yeah, because that is tricky. You know, what, what, if, you, if you're lucky enough to get sent a casting... You have to drop everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what's in the diary, what's happening. If you get a call from your agent saying you've got this audition and it's for something, you know, quite big, I won't name any names again, but that's like three days of your life mm-hmm. to prep. Yeah. And yeah. That you, you literally just have to drop everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 I know that's our, that's our choice. This, mm-hmm. is, this is our industry and that's our choice. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's easy doesn't mean it's easy yeah. and it and it can sometimes literally just send you to the point where you do feel like you are going a bit nuts mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're always so grateful for it mm-hmm. of course you are but having to like rearrange everything around that one thing that you it's probably really never ever hear about or you'll never get mm-hmm. it's it is mad it is yeah. madness it is it is and I think personally some of the other challenges that I've had to deal with as a woman is um, producing is something that I've started to do to keep myself in work and to help other actors I know who I think are immensely talented and to get them and keep them in work as well Um, and it's just it's just Mm -hmm. a great thing to do I think if you can produce it's something you should definitely do and um, but one of my challenges has been trying to be taken seriously I'm I'm a young woman Um, I'm an actor and I'm walking into rooms and I'm trying to negotiate finance and I'm sitting in meetings with a, with a lot of men. And I'm not saying all men are like this. I've got some wonderfully supportive men in my life. But you go into these meetings with a lot of men and they're all in their 60s and they've all got a degree in business and they just don't take you seriously. I've had men coming on to me. I've had men trying to, you know. Well, get me I into bed to, yeah. you know that's how you can get work mm-hmm. and that is a reality of the industry and I think it should be spoken about and it's and I've had to really learn to protect myself mm-hmm. through that and to make sure that um I can pick up the signs of how to not get into that situation but trying to get yourself taken seriously as a young woman in this industry who wants to go into the business side of it as well. Like I love acting. It is the only thing I ever really want to do, but I do want to produce my own work. And I do want to, I find I get sent great scripts. I want to get these films made and I want to be in them. And if I have to produce them, I will. And, but it is, it has been, there has been some times where I've just had to fight real battles just to get stuff funded and it's really hard it's really difficult and I think it's just something that women should speak about more openly now because I think it's important that we make each other aware yeah Fadi thanks so much for sharing that because it's that thing of I think sometimes people would like to think that after the Me Too movement everything's kind of gone away and it's all sunshine and roses and there's none of that going on anymore it's when not actually changing. it's not changing fast enough no, exactly it's just not mm-hmm. exactly we actually watched a film last night at the film festival called All on a Summer's Day by a great director called Avril E. Russell and it's literally about 
a woman trying to survive through this whole film mm. and I, I mean I, I won't say too much about it because people should go and watch it but it's going to be on tomorrow it, it was <laughs> it was quite fascinating because someone in the audience was slightly confused about when it was meant to be set she was like is it the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s but it just shows that the fear that it, that women have to deal with pretty much every day of their lives has never gone away mm-hmm. This, yeah. this constant fear that you could be attacked, you could be raped, all these different things that women are thinking about. Mm-hmm. It's just an extra level of stress and exhaustion that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's, and and that is so important. <laughs> it's so important to say that because that extra level of stress and um, exhaustion that you talk about when you are trying to do your other job and then do maybe a casting and you're setting up not not just you but you know there are so many as we talked about earlier women in our industry who wear other so many different hats and they're doing those things at the same time multitasking while also as Varys just said having to look out for the signs to make sure that you don't get yourself in a situation and it's that thing of we, we shouldn't have to have that they are in the back of our mind as the other thing that we're having to deal with on top of everything else because the guys in the industry on the whole but we know it happens to some men too but on the whole it is far less for them and they actually don't have that extra stress or exhaustion well you know the one of the biggest examples for that is that you know if a woman like well just I'll say me about a month ago I went for a walk by myself and I love to walk in the countryside by myself I love it that's where I get most of my um, ideas for writing it comes when I'm on a walk but I was on this walk and I kind of I knew there was someone coming up behind me and it was a man and I'm sure he was completely harmless but that horrendous knot that comes in your stomach of like oh my god I'm in the middle of nowhere and I don't have much signal and it's you know you should feel safe Mm. but I didn't feel safe Mm. so in the end I kind of stopped and sort of decided well maybe I'll just try and get back to the car because that's neither it's neither to try and get to the car than run to the next farm Mm. um and the the guy he, he you know he didn't do anything but he made he did make me feel uncomfortable he kind of hovered and he kind of stopped and it's that's what I'm talking about it's like a guy wouldn't get that really mm-hmm. on a walk on his own from another woman I don't think <laughs> he might get it from another man <laughs> but he's not going to be getting it from a, a woman yeah. and it's that that level of I don't even know what the words are but it's mm-hmm. just you're made to feel in that moment mm-hmm. oh my god mm-hmm. oh, oh my god I'm on my own mm-hmm. oh my god and also that that then lasts for you for the rest of the day while you're trying to do all your other stuff yeah that fear is sitting in there yeah and it's like you can't shake it straight away even though we've all had it so much and that and saying that sentence in itself is really fucking shitty I'm saying oh we've all had it so much that you then are like I can't shift it so I'm doing everything that I'm doing but that's still sitting there that's not productive and that's not so I think that yeah that is a definite barrier isn't it and it's and one thing that we spoke about we were all sitting around earlier with Trinity and and Leslie who are all we're quite a big team of females actually yeah, on this but it's all, we- all women apart from Stephen <laughs> I love it I love it <laughs> I think he loves it though um, <laughs> um but we were all talking about how some men 
uh, again, not all men, but some men really don't like these strong women. Mm. And it's funny, I've been in meetings um, about films, uh, a film that I was a, a part of and it was being produced. And my my partner was the director um, and the execs would be saying stuff. And I would whisper or leave him a note saying, say this, say that. Or I'd, I'd, le- I'd prep him before and I'd say, I've, I'd worked with these guys on four other movies. Um, I would handle it this way, this way and this way. And then he would say that on the meeting because I know that if I say it on the meeting, it's it's just going to be brushed to one side. Mm-hmm. So I'd give it to my partner, who's he's he's a man, he's in his forties, he's he's you know quite authoritative, and luckily he does listen to me and he does value my thoughts. And so he he often would share for me because the other people on the Skype call are fifty to sixty year old men. Yeah, and that's a sad reality of it mm-hmm. when you're a thirty three year old actress and all you've done is mainly act you're seen as oh you're the pretty little actress that comes on and you do your little lines and you know I have been judged like that and Mm -hmm. and it's so much more than that with with what we do but it's so much more than that what we do of course it is and you know like both of you've said like how acting is at your core and but you've both created short films as well. You both made your, your short films as well. And um, I'd love you to talk about your short films. Well, we're screening them both tomorrow after the Women in Film Seminar. Love just, it. So they're not screening in competition or anything like that, but the, there's just screening up, um, as examples of our work. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think, yeah. and why shouldn't, and why shouldn't you, because, you know, as you say, it's not for competition. It's just... Well, it'll be the last time my film ever screens because it's had its run now. Mm-hmm. It's had its run. It was made in 2000. And fifteen, and then spent two years in post production, which was painfully difficult. And then it hit the festival circuit, and it's been all over the world. Um, so yeah, it's nice for it to finally get to screen in Scotland, where I. Always... It's actually kind of lovely that it gets to screen in Peebles. Yeah, where it was made, where it was uh-huh, shot. like it's like a full circle thing. That's really yeah. And also, my film will be an example of um, as a zero budget film. We had no money. So that'll be an example of what you can do with nothing. <laughs> Very talented people involved, but um, no the, money. And the other thing that's nice is we haven't seen each other's shorts. Yeah. So tomorrow is the first time I'm actually going to see my short on the big screen because mm-hmm. I made my short just before COVID hit. So it did all its festival rounds online. So it'll be the first time I see my film on the sh- on the big screen. And it's the first time we'll see each other's movies mm-hmm. as well as them both being on the big screen. So it'll be, it's a really special day really for us be. to lovely. see each other's work. Well, I, lo- I love that. I love it. Um, could you just say both your titles and a wee synopsis of them? But my film is um, it's a short film and it's called The Box. And it's really about a woman who kind of thinks she's got her whole life planned out. And then something happens and it changes everything. So it's about what happens when someone's someone's life just suddenly breaks and how they react to, to what if what what the thing that's happened, how they react to it. So it's just, yeah, that, that's about all I can really say without giving too much of it away. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Barry. Uh, mine's a short film as well. It's called Gaslight, and it's based on domestic abuse of all types of abuse. So you see three different couples and the abuse happening between those couples. And in one of those relationships, it's actually a woman abusing a man. And in the other two, it's men abusing women. And all the couples are linked. 
So you actually see the knock on effects of like if um, a child is raised by in an abusive environment, how they end up becoming an abuser. If somebody else is being abused, how they can't function at work properly. And then that leads to mistakes. So there's all of that connected. Great. I mean, can't we see it. Yeah, they both sound, they both sound brilliant. And um, I love that, you know, that you, you're kind of showing a film that had no budget as well. I think that's so important to let people know that you can create something and look at all the festivals that your film's been to and show that. And for itself. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody involved in making mm-hmm. it because there was a lot of talented people mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely should be. Thank it's you so much. Well, this has been so much fun. I, I could know, just talk to you is. all night. I feel like get a glass get, of wine get, and get, chat. Get, get, get a bottle. <laughs> yeah, chocolate. I do have, I mean, I actually had so many more questions, but it's all because <laughs> we're running out of time. Yeah. But I do have to ask you um, the question that I ask everybody, Vivian and Barry, what does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you? Oh. Okay, off the top of my head, I would say, endurance, passion, never giving up, strength, determination, and empowerment for women. Woohoo! I love it. I love, I love it. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. Hell yeah. (laughs) Just before we round up, I should say we haven't actually said the actual name of the festival. The oh time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious! You can do it, Barry. Okay, oh. so it's called the Scotland International Festival of Cinema. Beautiful, thanks, Barry. I just realised I was like, I haven't mentioned it, and they haven't mentioned it either. <laughs> Too busy talking about other things. Too busy talking about all of it. And um, for everybody, it finishes on Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, last day. Yeah, Sunday's your last day. It's actually a long festival as well that you're doing. Well, we deliberately wanted it to be that. Yeah, we thought we'll set our goals really high, and we're gonna, you know, just keep the keep the vision big. Mm-hmm. And that the hydro, the people's hydro have come on board. So we're having a massive party in the ballroom on Saturday <laughs> night, and we've got a piper coming and everything to pipe people I in. Know. Oh. <laughs> We're really going yeah. for it. We're really going. The for Americans it. are going to love that. They're they're already loving it though. They just mm-hmm. love peoples, and I think mm-hmm. Americans love Scots. Yeah. So it's just a bit of a win-win, really. Yeah, yeah it's great. The sun's out. Come on, and the, sun. and the sun's out. No one Everybody laugh. get yourself down to peoples and get to the festival. And um, I look forward to next year, and I will be blocking days off so that I can come and watch yeah. as many we'll, we'll, we'll give you a vip pass you can come and go and as you please for, for oh, thanks um, thank you so much no thank you both so much and i wish you all the luck with the rest of the week and i have a really great feeling that this is just the first of many many years for your incredible work if you so. build it they will come it's so true i love it Love a little bit of field of dreams love it um so until next time lovely listeners you two are perfect we're just going to cut me out and i'm going to have it with you if you enjoy the persistent and nasty podcast and support the work that we do please like download subscribe and review each episode it really does help us get our message out and our incredible guests heard to as many people as possible